Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. It's 4 p.m. Stand up. It's count time. Time for every man and woman to stand up and be counted. Welcome to another edition of Pound Time Podcast. I am Brother L. Diazobra, formerly named Lyman White. Thank you for joining us today. One day last year, I went to the bank to open up an account. A friend of mine was, and I was putting together a business, so we wanted to get an account open where we could start our business. When I tell you, I was just riding around, didn't know which bank I was going to use, which bank I preferred. <clears throat> so I got out, got out, went into the bank, uh, spoke to a young man first. After that, young lady, she was really, really good. So she called me to come sit by her. Next thing I know, she asked what I was doing, want to open an account, what name is going to be in. I had all my paperwork already uh, for the business. And she looked at it, started Then as, we, as I'm sitting there, she and I going back and forth talking, getting to know her. She was much, much younger than me. But she was a very, very intelligent young lady and sweet and kind. So as she's talking, I'm looking. So finally, I'm looking at the lady who's sitting in the office. She asked where I was from. So I told her where I was from. It just so happened, the lady in the other room hollered, where you from? So I told her, I said where I was from again. She said, no, you're not. I'm from there. I said, who are you? I said, well, who are you? <laughs> she came out. I didn't know who she was. She didn't know who I was. She asked me, said, what's your name? I told her my name. She said, no, no. She just told me her name. When she told me her name, of course, we knew who each other was. Uh, I come to this bank. I had no clue you was running this bank. Oh, yeah, I've been managing this bank for many, many years. So she sit and start talking to me. We go back and forth. The young lady still is working on opening the account up. She was good. She steady moving forward. Nothing stopping her. And so as we were moving forward, getting ready to open the account, opening the, as she opened the account up, and as the young lady came sit down right next to me to, to conversate with me, when she found out I was from Franklin, we had a lot in common. So we used to be talking about a lot of different, our different experience in Franklin and who her husband was, all this stuff. So as, as I'm, as she's talking to me and I'm facing, looking at her, I see her looking over my head. And she done it about three or four times. About the fourth or fifth time, I can tell her, no. So she said, can you, she kind of, can you, can you hold on a minute? I said, okay. So she went, came back. She said, uh, I, I, she, she didn't know how to ask me some information. Whatever she just saw and what was going on, she was puzzled. She, you know, I could see it in the eye, I could see her mind racing. And she didn't know how to ask something to me. She said, uh, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to open this account for you at this time. I said, maybe you just go somewhere else. And I'm figuring out what's, okay, what that happened. She said, well, so finally she didn't want to hurt my feelings, didn't want to embarrass me in front of the people that was there, the young lady that was helping me. So she gave me a paper to read. She said, well, you know anything about this? I said, about what? She said, read this. So I began to read the information. The information, I got a copy of the paperwork right here. They say fraud type, healthcare fraud, money laundering, sanctioning body, FBI, Louisiana Attorney General, Medicaid fraud unit, Mark Remarks. Got my name, was indicted for defrauding Medicaid program of over $1.6 million by billing for drugs and alcohol counseling service, which were not, never performed, which went on, some other stuff. 
I said, well, what, I said, well, what is that? I said, I said, yeah, I went to prison. She said, well, I know you did, but, but I don't understand what this is about. I said, well, you don't understand. I don't understand either. I said, what is it? She said, I don't know. I've never seen nothing like this. I said, hold on. You work at the bank, and you've been here for over 30-some years. You never saw nothing like this? No. And it was puzzling to me, like, how you never saw nothing like Well, what is it? She couldn't explain what it was. I didn't know what it was. And now she want to ask me to leave the bank, but she's being really cordial and nice about it because she don't want to hurt my feeling because I'm a homeboy. <laughs> so, but the young lady behind the desk, she's just typing away. She's going forward. She ain't stopping for nothing. And she just, oh, we're going to get this account open. And she said, well, maybe we can look back at it some other time, but I'm not sure about this. I don't know what this is. And I don't know. I just don't know. So she let me read it and I look at it. I said, well, look, I mean, I told you, you know, I went to prison, I served some time, uh, but I don't know what this is about. I said, well, where, where, where it came from? She said, where it comes from? We got, every, when everybody, open, anyone open up an account with a bank, we got to go through what we call OFAX, O-F-A-C. I said, what's OFAX? She said, well, I don't know. I say, how long you been doing this? Since I've been working at the bank. You don't know what OFAX is? No. I say, so I don't even know. I don't know what it is. You don't know what it is. I say, what's the purpose of it? I, say, I don't know. It's just something they train us to do, to use when we hit at the bank. When anybody opens an account, we have to send this to OFAX. I say, well, I say, I opened up an account at the bank about a year and a half, two years ago. I didn't have this problem. She said, well, I don't know. I don't understand myself. But the young lady behind the desk was steady typing. She wouldn't let her not open the account up. She would not let me, she would not let her release me and go somewhere else. And she really was good, I'm going to tell you that. She said, well, I don't know if I can open the account up. So the young lady said, well, can we call the home office and talk to the people at the home office? She said, well, I don't know. She said, well, I can't call. So before she knew, the young lady had called the home office and was talking to the, the, the boss lady, I guess. And a question was asked, do you know him? And I, and I guess she said, yes, I do. You, do you trust him? I, yes, I do. Talking to the lady, the manager of the bank, the supervisor of the manager of the branch. And she said, well, go ahead and open the account up. So they, they, she ended up opening the account. Re, reluct, re, re, reluctant, 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 but she opened the account up. If the lady would not have known me, knew my history, knew where I was from, she never would open that account up. So that situation put me in a very awkward position. And the lady still, although she knew me, she had reservations because now she don't know if she can trust me. She don't know what's going on. She don't understand what's going on. And I, of course, I don't know. You know, I went to prison. I served the time. I thought you said you go to, when you go to prison, you go pay your, your debt to society, right? But no, now we dealing with this government. That debt is never paid. So about a few minutes later, she decided to go look and find out what OFAX was. So I'm going to read to you what OFAX is. And it was interesting when I found this out. OFAX, O-F-A-C, that's, that's the code, that's the uh, acronym, stands for Office of Foreign Assets Control. Office of Foreign Assets Control. 
Terrorism and financial intelligence. Did you get all that? OFAC stands for Office of Foreign Assets Control. Terrorism and financial intelligence. Set up in 1950. Operates under the U.S. Department of the Treasury. So the Department of the Treasury is in control of the Office of Foreign Assets Control. Terrorism and financial intelligence. So they got me, everyone, as a terrorist. It's confusing to me. Didn't don't still don't understand how did I end up in the terror terrorism terror terrorism category when I never done brought harm done harm to anyone. But they let you know in this country you don't know where they might have you. And that's why it's important for me to share with you what's going on in my life, because a lot more of you will be in that same predicament. But I'm going to tell you what I did. The next week, it's under the federal government. So the next week, I went to the federal government office, to the courthouse, to look through the records to find find out where this information is, you know, how, how this got up in here. Couldn't find it nowhere. Spent, spent, some, spent a lot of time in that day. Went and talked to some people. And I wanted to talk to the two people, two prosecutors that was there when I was going through my legal stuff 10 years before. Granted, they probably was mad at me because while they was there, I put a lien on them, on two of the prosecutors. For real, y'all, I put a lien on them. And I, there's a reason why I've done that, because they had put a lien on me. Do you know when you go to prison, they put a, the federal government put a lien on you and your assets? So you, they, it, it's what they call a mortgage. They mortgage you. I didn't know nothing about that, of course. That was something new to me. So when I learned what they'd done, I took the same information, re retyped it, and put a lien on them. I think it was $7 million a piece. So it might have been $70 million, either $7 million or $70 million a piece. When I put the lien, it must have been like 2010, I would guess, 2010, 2011. One day I'm at the house, the federal government comes serve me papers. I've been out of prison since 2008, I guess. And the papers was, they was charging me with fraud again. Charging me with fraud again? For what this time? And I had a court date. So I, you know, went to court. I was doing a lot of my own paperwork at the time, but I think I might've had an attorney. I can't remember I had an attorney or not. I think I did. But I was doing a lot of my own paperwork at the time. I was filing my own paperwork into the federal courts. So I went to court this day, and as judge, as the judge was talking to me about what happened and why, you know, actually why did I commit this fraud? I'm confused. What fraud did I commit this time? What are you talking about? They couldn't really explain it, so they went on and on. But I found something that happened. The judge at the time was Judge John James Brady. Who really was a good guy. I got to give it to him. Uh, he's deceased. He died a few years ago, I believe. But he's the one who sent me to prison the first time. Reluctantly, but he sent me. Uh, so now we're in the court again for fraud. He threatened to send me to prison, back to prison, you know, to serve the rest of my time and all this stuff. Because then he said, he said, what make, what, what, why did you go around putting leads on federal prosecutors. They're putting these on federal prosecutors. I had done that a year or two before. 
So yeah, he said, <clears throat> I can't remember his prosecutor name. He said he went to he went to sell his house and he can't sell his house because you gotta he gotta lean on his house. So you know what I said to myself? Man, this really worked. <laughs> I had no clue. I put a lean on them just like they put a lean on me, right? You say lean on me if you're not strong. Not knowing that the lean stuck. So the judge gave me 24 hours to go to the courts. I filed in another court. So they didn't, they didn't have jurisdiction to go remove it. And gave me 24 hours to go remove those liens. If not, they was gonna put me back in prison for fraud. Now, I don't know what fraud I committed. If the lien was a fraud, it shouldn't, it shouldn't have no value. It should be able to remove it. It should be able to remove it uh, with no problem if it's fraud. But that lien was real. So that is a reason why I can see why they was mad at me. But for them to call me a terrorist and put me in a position of a terrorist, you can't justify that. That is not right. Now these guys, when I went to look for them, to talk to them, they told me they had retired. So right as they were walking out the door to retire, they filed, filed this paperwork and put me in that category. So they can do these things. They've done it to me, done it to others, they do it to many more. So why am I a terrorist? How can I become a terrorist? Who I hurt, who did I harm? If anything, more harm been done to me than I've done to any of them. But it's a story that I just want to share. It's truly one I'm not proud of, but I never would have thought they would put you, put me as a terrorist. A terrorist. It's, it's still hard for me to swallow this. But in spite of all this, you realize life goes on. And no matter what, I played football. With football, in football, you, know, you practice, prep, pre make preparation to get ready for the game. And then you get ready for the game, you study what you have to study, you practice hard, you, you learn nothing, what your opponents are doing. And when the game gets started, it's one or two things happen. Either you did or you did not do what you're supposed to do. That's all going to happen when you line up. Either you made the play or you got blocked, got knocked down, got whatever, but you didn't do what you're supposed to do. Remember, when you line up on that field, whether it's soccer, basketball, football, when you line up, Either you did or you, or you didn't do what you're supposed to do something. But that ball is snapped. The collision starts. Either one or two things happen, y'all. Either you did or you didn't do what you're supposed to do. If you did do what you're supposed to do, everybody happy, everybody rejoicing. But if you didn't do, you drop your head, you're mad, you're fussing, cussing at yourself. But you know the only thing about it? You only got what, 25 seconds to think about it. And you know why? Because another play is getting ready to come right behind them. And then another play. Then another play. And that's the way life is. Every day you get up, either one or two things going to happen. Either you're going to do or you're not going to do it. Or you're going to make something you're going to do. You did or you didn't do what you're supposed to do to make things happen for yourself and your family. But no matter which one happens, you only have that one day to deal with it because why? The next day is coming. Then the next day. Then the next day. And every day 
bring its own issues, own concerns, own what we call problems, its own issues. So you have to deal with life every day, resolve it the best you can and move on. That's what I had to do. When I found out they had me as a terrorist, that was a tough pill to swallow. I was getting ready to work, I was working on doing some, a big deal with an organization that asked me to, to put some things together, build houses, be, you know, some properties. And now these people had me in this category, I couldn't go back and talk to the people. Because they had to, they was gonna find this out. So I wanted to go and see, can I resolve it on my own? But guess what? I could not resolve it. So it was over a year later, and I'm still considered a terrorist. The United States of this great America. So challenge yourself. Challenge the mind. You have to come out your comfort zone and make a better place, a better world for yourself and others. Thank you for tuning in today and welcome again to Count Time. Thank you. And always remember this here. Man can shackle the hand. Man can shackle the feet, but only you can shackle the mind. The mind is always free to travel wherever you dare to take it. And I'd like to thank you for tuning in once again to Count Time Podcast. I'm Brother L. Diazobra. Thank you once again. Remember, it's 4 p.m. Stand up. It's count time. Time for every man and woman to stand up and be counted.